COVID-19 has impacted the people Mental Health Association Oklahoma serves every day. People impacted by mental illness, homelessness, substance use, and justice involvement. And we continue to serve the most vulnerable in our communities, but that's coming with many unexpected expenses. We have established a COVID-19 relief fund to assist us in the emergency services we are providing. Help us serve our participants in need of rental assistance, mental health care, food and shelter, and other basic necessities. Go to Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page to contribute or visit our website at mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page. And so even though these social distance studio art projects aren't fancy, they're not super technical, I still think they're a great way to find joy, like Amber was saying, but also to process some of those very complicated emotions that we're all feeling right now. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking with some amazing staff members of AHA Tulsa. And if you're not familiar with it, AHA's mission is to cultivate a more creative Tulsa through advocacy, education, and innovative partnerships, which contribute to the quality of life and economic vitality of the greater community. And that continues, even though we are in the midst of COVID-19 quarantine. The physical museum is closed because of COVID-19. That doesn't mean that its staff aren't continuing to reach out and educate and, you know, really encourage creativity for all of us who are in quarantine, especially our children. And so uh, we're going to be talking with three of their staff members, uh, primarily about their social distance studio and how it really is beneficial to not only the mental health of children, but also to parents just like me. Uh, My kids love the social distance studio. And on their website, which is at ahatulsa.org, that's A-H-H-A, Tulsa.org, they have lots of resources available, um, including a distance learning arts education resource page, which is filled with wonderful resources because they know, you know, it's a learning curve transitioning to education at home. So they've compiled a list of their favorite arts education resources to help you cultivate your children's creativity during distance learning. They've got it broken down to dance and movement, literary arts, media art, multidisciplinary and arts integration, music, theater and drama, visual arts, so much. And honestly, as a parent who is working during the day and has children who honestly are really bored, uh, Aha Tulsa has really done a great service for all of our mental health. So that's why I wanted them to be on the show. So to get things started, uh, let's start with introductions and with Lauren Collins. Lauren, welcome to the Mental Health Download. Hey, Matt. Happy to be here. Um, I'm Lauren Collins. I'm communications director for Aha Tulsa. Nice. Alex? Hi, I'm Alex uh, Kitchens, and I'm the school and community programs manager for Aha Tulsa. Very good. And then Amber? Hey, I'm Dr. Amber Litwack, and I'm the Director of Education and Exhibitions for AHA Tulsa. Fantastic. Well, thank you all for being here. This is quite an honor to have all three of you. At what point did you realize that COVID-19 was going to um, imperil the way that we all live our normal daily lives and the way that the the museum operates? Um, So we'll start with Lauren. You know, it was becoming clear to us um, quite rapidly that COVID was going to affect the way that 
we have our general operations. And, you know, we're lucky to have really strong partnerships with a lot of other cultural attractions in the city. And so um, our executive director, Holly Becker, and I were on some calls with other cultural attractions in the community. So everybody was really communicating um, from the get-go, you know, trying to, especially in those early days, um, stay abreast of all of the gathering protocols and having as many people, you know, as possible uh, at a single time. But, you know, it became clear very quickly that we were going to need to shut down our daily operations just to keep our staff and employees and the general public safe. So, of course, when that became clear, we knew that we were going to have to make some changes to programming as well. Okay. And then let's talk about the social distance studio. And I'm going to read directly from your amazing website to kind of explain this. And so it says, aha, maybe closed to the public as we hunker down during the COVID-19 pandemic, but we still have creative ways for you to spend your time social distancing. We hope you'll take these ideas and put your own spin on them. We'll be releasing ideas and activities throughout our prolonged closure. So be sure to check back for updates and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and your handle is AHA Tulsa, and that's A-H-H-A Tulsa. And you can share your own projects with them using the hashtag, hashtag social distance studio. All right. So, and the, the website for the social distance studio is ahatulsa.org forward slash social distance studio. Um, okay. So let's talk about the origins of the social distance studio. I understand this came together very quickly, uh, but it turned out awesome. And actually um, I have three kids and um, they were excited to look at the page this weekend and they set to working, curating um, a, a place in our house uh, to decorate because they're all doing lots and lots of art projects. And then they're, they're like, we're running out of room on the, on the uh, refrigerator. So um, there's lots of really cool um, ideas on there. So anybody just jump in and, and, and explain how this came about and who the specific audience is for it. I'll jump in and just introduce it really briefly. This is Lauren. Um, you know, we knew, like I said earlier, very quickly that we were going to have to make a lot of changes very rapidly. And so, um, you know, I just kind of floated this idea to Dr. Litwack and our executive director, Holly Becker, and said, you know, what if we did something like, for lack of a better description, like a cooking show, but with the projects that we do in the studio? And they loved it. And so um, Amber has an amazing team and they started working on it immediately and the rest is history. So they can share more about those details. Yeah. So Amber, um, what, what do you think about the social distance studio, how it all turned out? I'm thrilled with the way it turned out. I knew that um, I wanted to do something that stuck to the core values of the studio, which is our arts focused maker space that's located on the third floor of our building. Um, and that's open to visitors anytime that we're open to the public. So unfortunately, not now. Um, but I wanted to carry over um, our core values and kind of what we do in that space. And our six core values are amb ambiguity. We really want people in that space to figure out possibilities over being told what to do with the project. Imagination and curiosity is really at the heart of that space. Reflection and revision. You know, one thing that um, is readily available and in that space are creative challenges where people pull a piece of paper out of a gumball and it tells them to 
do something very open-ended. It might be design a hat and wear it or make something that floats. And so oftentimes, um, folks have to engage in a lot of reflection and revision to be able to make those challenges work. Um, play, we take play really seriously, experimentation as well. And then idea generation. We want folks to, we always want to, we use conditional language in that space. What if, what if you tried this to really help visitors employ critical and creative thinking skills uh, in their projects and how they execute their ideas. And Alex, what, what's your take on the social distance studio? How, how proud of it are you? I'm proud of it. I think it, it was really fun to put together. We actually, we did it in about two days. Um, I got an email from Lauren and Amber and they said, hey, can you and Jessica, Jessica's one of our other, um, one of the other members of our programs team, they said, hey, can you and Jessica throw together um, a list of ideas? So Jessica and I met six feet apart, of course. And we just put together, um, you know, a list of activities that we've done in this studio, projects that we've personally done, projects we've done at AHA in the past. Um, And we chose projects that had really simple materials that we felt like people would probably have on hand at home. For example, the first one um, that Lauren posted was about, was using shaving cream and food coloring to do some marbling artwork. And we figured most people probably have shaving cream at home, probably have, I have some like very outdated food coloring in my pantry, but I have it is the point. So that was one of our main goals was to choose projects that we've done that we knew were successful, that were true to the pedagogy of the studio, like Amber talked about, but that were also simple things that use materials people would likely have on hands. And we also wanted there to be enough structure that caregivers felt like they could be doing this with children at home without it being total chaos, but still have that open-ended end result. So it's more about the instructions more give you a little bit of a process to get you started. And then the end result is really up to you. And I actually found when we, um, we got together in the studio to, to do these projects and to film them. And I, I ended up finding that I actually got stuck at like steps one or two, because that's where I thought it was really fun. And I never even got to three or four because I wanted to stay with steps one and two. So that's the whole idea is that maybe you do all five of the steps that we have on the instruction sheets. And maybe you are like, I really like step two, and I'm just going to stay on step two. Um, or maybe you end up creating your own steps, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, because you get involved in the process and you want to go a little bit deeper. I'm proud of the way it turned out. And it was just a lot of fun to put together. It was just fun. We had so many art supplies all over the studio. We had markers out and glue guns and tissue paper and a zip line. Um, so it, it was truly a, a fun activity to put together very quickly. Nice. And I'm actually going to list off some of these uh, wonderful projects that you can find again at ahatulsa.org forward slash social distance studio. So one is like she mentioned, paper marbling with shaving cream and food coloring. Another is trophies for everyday achievements like didn't touch my face and and rocked at self-quarantine, which is actually some some lovely gold painted rocks. I love that. Um, And then... uh, 
<laughs> the, this third one, I think it says, uh, woke up today. Number one. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the uh, pet projects. Uh, so there's a cat puzzle box and stuffed dog toy, which is super fun. Uh, a miniature place, which um, is a to design and create a miniature version of a place that is important to you, which I love. Um, there's plastic fusing, which is ages seven and up because uh, it, it says today design and iron your own plastic fabric that can be used to create artwork or functional items like bags and wallets. Uh, my kids were super excited about that one. Um, make something that floats. Um, and uh, that kind of explains itself. That looks super fun. Uh, felt and fabric creatures make a zip line. Oh my gosh. Uh, what purpose can the zip line serve in your own home? Uh, so anybody uh, in your own uh, homes, uh, any kids make a zip line yet? Well, none of us have kids. We Okay. Our furry children, so we have taken advantage of the pet project. <laughs> Good. So, what pro pet projects have you guys made? I did the cat puzzle box for. I have two little furry cat children, <laughs> and um, I had a giant box left over from actually ordering a desk chair. So it was a nice, big, funny shape box, and they loved it. Um, it was a great little tutorial, and I really think it's one of those that. Yeah, adults without children or people with children um, can have a lot of fun. And, you know, we still have it hanging around the house. The cats love it. What have been some of the awesome uh, results from these projects that you've, that you've heard about? Go ahead, Alex. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I actually had one of our teaching artists text me the other day, yesterday, I think. And she said, Oh, who came up with these ideas? These are so fun. I'm doing them at home. She was like, the trophy one is awesome. I feel like I keep hearing about the trophy one, which is interesting because that's not one of the ones that I would probably pick out to recreate with my niece or with myself. But I keep hearing that one. I don't know if it's because we gave funny examples or because it feels doable for people. Um, but I, that one I think is has been a fun one for people to do from what I've heard. Um, I know one of our other coworkers, um, she actually was one of the ones creating a lot of the videos and she took, she keeps sending me videos of her cats playing with the toys. Um, and then one of our other coworkers had her dog with us when we were filming. So we tried out some of those uh, dog toys with her actual dog. Well, I love I, I love that the that you uh, really that this isn't just for you know children. It is for pets because a lot of us the, our pets are just as you know almost as important. My kids would get mad if uh, if I said my pug dog is more important than they are just as important. But I love my pug dog, and you know even even the dogs seem out of sorts because they're like you guys are here all the time. This is weird. Like usually we have like you know eight hours of quiet time, and you guy you humans are here all the time. So. I love that you that there's fun things to do with pets. So so good good on you on on that. Okay, so now I want to talk about just the the wonderful and the reason that I wanted to talk to you all about this is that there really is a mental health aspect of doing these art projects, especially right now, and helping to one distract people, um, distract children to give them something to occupy their minds. Because I know my anxiety is through the roof, and I know my kids are um, we're all worried. So. Let, let's talk about this social distance studio from that aspect of how you help, how you hope it helps both the parents and the children deal with their mental health during this very challenging time. Well, I think it's a wonderful way for people to just escape 
their day to day. I think that that's one of the reasons that the arts are so valuable in general is they provide an escape. These fun, quirky challenges allow people to immerse themselves in a way that it consumes all of their attention. And for that, you know, few minutes or hour, you don't have to think about all of the craziness that's going on in the world. And also, we hope that these projects are something that are fun and that bring people joy and they feel calm and uplifted after engaging. Well, what do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think for me, I agree 100% with everything Amber just said. I also think for me personally, the arts are a large way that I process emotion, whether I'm participating in it or just viewing it. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on, going around on the internet right now that are, are music related and art related. And those are the things I keep finding really speaking to me. And so even though these social distance studio art projects aren't, um, you know, fancy, they're not super technical, I still think they're a great way to find joy, like Amber was saying, but also to process some of those very complicated emotions that we're all feeling right now. What about you, Lauren? Yeah, I mean, everything that they said, uh, of course. And I, you know, from a communication standpoint, um, I saw all of the negative stuff coming out, you know, early on. And even our, you know, what we were posting on social media um, wasn't that it was negative. It was just like, this is canceled. This is canceled. We're going to be closed temporarily. And after a while, you know, you don't necessarily want to keep sharing negative things, right? And so um, one of the ways I also saw this was just a way to share something positive. And, you know, you don't want to get stuck in that kind of current of constant bad news if you don't have to. And of course, it's a difficult time for everybody right now. Um, but I also think that, you know, everything Alex and Amber have been sharing is also a testament back to our mission, which is to keep Tulsa creative. And, you know, a lot of people when they think about the arts, no matter when they're talking about the arts, we, you know, we hear a lot of people say, Oh, well, I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. Well, that's not the point necessarily, especially in times like this doesn't matter if you're quote unquote, a good artist. That's not what we're here for. We're here to, you know, cultivate all of those um, core values that Amber mentioned, right? Um, it's times like this where creativity is the most important, solving these really hard problems. And so, you know, it may seem like a silly, you know, project with shaving cream and food coloring, but it's also about more than that. And so, um, you know, we're just happy to be able to share some positivity out there. So as we kind of wind things up, um, I'm, I want to go to each of you and I want you to tell me the art piece that maybe you've looked at in the last few weeks or maybe it's, you know, on your screen, you know, <laughs> that you keep as or on your wall or whatever. What's the one art piece that really speaks to you right now or has provided you some comfort? Um, so uh, we'll start with, uh, with Lauren. I know it's a hard question. So my training, um, I do have a visual arts background, but um, the bulk of my artistic training is actually as a um, classically trained musician. And so I have found myself really turning to some of those, um, you know, more traditional pieces of music that I grew up learning how to play or, um, you know, anytime that I have shared in music making with someone else, there's this kind of sort of like sense memory that you have as a musician with that. And so I've really been turning to those pieces and that's been giving me a lot of comfort. So what's give me a song that has come for you? Um, <laughs> that's, that's hard. I've been listening to a lot of Berlioz and a lot of Chopin specifically. Okay. 
uh, what's uh, yeah, I love Chopin um, and Berlioz. Uh, what what's what's a specific one of one of those artists that you would Ooh, recommend? Anything from for Symphony, someone to pull up? Yeah, anything from Symphony Fantastique from Berlioz. Um, it's kind of okay. a it's fun, but it's also a little scary. But I just I love that that whole suite. Nice. Okay, Alex, you're up. My one of my best childhood memories is going to celebrity attractions musicals. I lived in I grew up in Stillwater, but my parents would take us to Oklahoma City and Tulsa to see these Broadway shows that would come through. And my favorite ones are I love Andrew Lloyd Webber's music and his musicals. So I started following him on Facebook and he's been doing these phenomenal videos where he'll like play a song and he's so sweet and so genuine and then they now they have symphony musicians adding their videos to his piano and he'll have people video themselves singing along to his piano playing and send it in so those those keep getting to me i um i do that like about once a day i just go through his facebook page and watch all his videos <laughs> nice i love that so Andrew all Weber. right yeah Andrew Lloyd Webber. All right. Very cool. All right, Amber. So I've been, um, the past couple of weeks, I've been reading more and looking at more pieces by um, a contemporary artist named Kara Walker. She's an installation artist and she does these very large scale, intricate cut paper silhouettes that will encompass an entire room. So if you see any of her pieces, like in a museum setting, it's typically, they're extremely large scale. And just thinking about everything that's going on and kind of the, not to get too heavy, but kind of the power and race dynamics behind what's going on, I could really I could see her eventually making work about this. Um, so I don't know. I've been really drawn to to her images. They were they were just really beautiful and really just arresting. Cool. All right. Well, very good. Um, so as we do here at the end of each of our mental health downloads, I ask the guests to share a bit of wisdom and for each of them to to give our rallying cry, which is go do good things. So let's start with Amber. And uh, Amber, what's your what's your bit of wisdom for maybe parents or for kids or whoever you want to share some wisdom with? You know, just take some time to every day during this crisis to do something that brings you joy, whether that be, you know, having a dance party in your living room to your favorite musician or, you know, creating art or just going outside and running around the block. Just take time every day to do something that that makes you happy. Alex? My tidbit of wisdom is to keep breathing. Keep breathing. Okay, Lauren. I would say, you know, be kind to yourself and help others if you can. That always makes me feel better. Okay. And then I think this will be fun for the go do good things. Um, if y'all are up for it, I can count to three and, and each of you will say, go do good things. Okay. One, two, three. Go do good things. Yes. Go do good things. I love it. All right. Thank you guys for everything you're doing. Thank you for helping. Um, you know, this weekend was rough and for me to be like, hey, let's uh, let's do the social distance studio thing. And they were excited and they all got around the laptop and we looked at things to do. And so um, thank you. Thank you. And uh, you guys be well. And I will see you later, maybe. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye bye. Yeah.
If you're looking for a way to be a helper during this time, truly one of the best ways to get involved at Mental Health Association Oklahoma is to make a donation. Anything will help us continue to serve our participants during this difficult time. So visit Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page and donate on the COVID-19 Relief Fund or go to mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page.